1: Well, hello, my loves, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so happy to have you join me here again this week, and I hope you all slept way better than I did last night. So yesterday, July 16th was the full moon. And it was also the last eclipse of 2019. So if you're like me and you slept like a hot mess last night... Let's just say it was because of the full moon. So I'm not one of those people that blame the full moon for all of these sorts of things. But honestly, when it comes down to it, there's a reason why our emotions and our energy shift dramatically around the moon. And we are really in tune as human beings with the moon cycle and the different phases that they're going through. And typically when there is a full moon, a couple days leading up to it or right on the full moon or even a couple days afterwards, you might be feeling some symptoms. My symptoms usually start a couple days before the full moon and then definitely on the full moon. Luckily, I did not get one of my migraines on the full moon this time, I actually started seed cycling at the beginning of July. So maybe we'll do a podcast episode in the near future all about seed cycling if I've noticed any changes from it. But just to give you guys a heads up that I did start seed cycling, I was kind of like doing it on and off before, but... (laughs) Seed cycling is not something you will be doing on and off. It's either you're doing it or you're not because if you're not and you're just kind of like half in it, you're not going to see the benefits. So it's something that you have to be all in doing, being super consistent with it. And I've been consistent with it since the new moon at the beginning of July. So that's been two weeks. I feel like that's way too early to report any good news or updates for you, but there is good news, I guess, that I didn't get a migraine last night on the full moon, which Has happened to me so many times before. If you have been following me for a while now and you listen to me and talk about the full moon and different symptoms that you can get, you'll know that migraines is something that has come up for me for a long time now on the full moon. But good news, it didn't happen yesterday, but I did sleep. Like garbage. So I'm just wishing that all of you had a much better sleep than I did last night. And now we're on to a new day. And today's looking awesome. We have an amazing guest on the show with us this week, Sarah Small. I am super excited for you to meet her. If you do not know Sarah yet, Honestly, this was our first time actually chatting face-to-face. Well, it was over Zoom, but that's face-to-face for anyone who has an online business. It feels so real. So this was our first time chatting. But honestly, if you like what I do and enjoy the content that I put out, you are going to absolutely adore Sarah. We talk a lot about being an empath and... Late last year in December, I had one of my good friends, JD Engels, on the show to talk about how to navigate the holidays as an empath. So this is kind of another deep dive on being an empath from... Sarah's view and how she navigates that within her life, being an entrepreneur and how she supports her clients as well. She has the business Empowered Empath. So this is really, really big for Sarah and a huge focus for her. So we talk about that and how to protect your energy as well as set energetic boundaries. Sarah's all about Supporting you in really creating this holistic health healing toolbox. So, we go into all of these sorts of tools that you can implement and integrate within your life. But honestly, when it all comes down to it, I really, really appreciate Sarah's message and her focus on the fact that we all have the answers inside of ourselves. So I know you're going to love this episode. So let's cut over to my chat with Sarah. Yeah, but I'm just super excited to have you on. And like I said, get to know you more. And I was going through all like a bunch of stuff. Of course, I knew who you were before, but just like reading more about what you do. And I'm like, how are we not best friends? <laughs> I Honestly, Yeah. I love what you do.
0: Your content's amazing as well. And I'm just super glad to be connected and to be able to have this conversation today. This, is, And I love that you do organic conversations because it, it just, it becomes so fun. Like that's what I love about my podcast too. It's just like, Oh, I just get to talk to amazing freaking women all over the world. And it's just so natural and organic. And now I feel like I have all these friends too. (laughs) I know. And
1: like, even if no one listened, it's like, well, at least I get to sit down with all these awesome girls. So yeah. But how did you get started? I know your background and much of what you do has to do with chronic illness and autoimmune disease. So I'd love to hear more about that story from you, just Mm -hmm. so we can kind of learn how you got to where you are today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my journey with the chronic illness started in seventh grade and knowing what I know now about so many of the Emotional roots of our physical symptoms. It makes a lot of sense because that's the year my parents got divorced, the first really like big stressor I ever had experienced as a child. Because the rest of my childhood before that was like pretty standard, pretty normal. Uh, And it began with stomach migraines, and kids often get diagnosed with migraines in their stomach instead of their head. And so that was a very debilitating thing when it happened. And I kind of felt like I outgrew it, grew it, but again, looking back, like we learned so much in in retrospect,
1: right? Yes, definitely.
0: Looking back on that time now, I'm like, oh, it just kind of moved. It was kind of like my body, like moved that energy and that stress just in a different way, in a different place. And I had so much pain and just like weird, undiagnosable symptoms throughout high school that led me to see 17 different doctors, all sorts of specialists, you know, like, rheumatologist, neurologist, Uh, of course, I was eventually recommended to a psychologist. But what ended up uh, happening for me was um, the first, again, like bigger diagnosis I had was with fibromyalgia at, at 17. And that was hard to understand as a teenager i'm like i don't even know what this means this is like an old person thing (laughs) like what's happening to my body and it was very frustrating i had to quit soccer which was like my passion i loved being on the soccer team and i i had to give up with some things i loved and that journey with health only got complicated from there on out at college was tough i was still like partying a lot and drinking shitty beer. And, and, uh, it just led me to finally yoga and yoga was just the, the bridge, just the gateway to holistic health, like on a really big, broad level. But it was that, that first door that kind of just allowed me to feel my body again. And just notice like, and communicate with my body. Because in yoga, I, like, you you do. You feel yourself breathe. You relearn how to breathe. And that love of yoga turned me towards holistic medicine and functional medicine. And that's really where I started getting more details and answers on my body and my health. Um, being diagnosed with celiac disease and vitiligo, which is a skin disease. And all sorts of co-infections and other root causes. But the biggest transformation I saw in, in my health, which really led me to where I am now today was hitting this healing plateau with making all the food changes and, you know, being on all the supplements and doing all the things quote, right. And feeling like I was still just not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then June 28th, 2015 was the day that my, my brother committed suicide. And that was It was just a giant, the biggest turning point I've ever experienced in my life. And it's this insurmountable loss and grief and heartache and just collapsing of your ego and like literally crumbling down in order to rebuild. So it was like all these emotions I had ignored for so long, all of a sudden were right. front of me and they were not going anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. they were not going to disappear. It felt impossible to shove them into little parts of my body. Like I had used as a coping mechanism in the past. And so I felt all the feels and while uncomfortable, it also is what led me to a really deep spiritual journey and understanding the emotional roots of physical symptoms. And through what I feel is my brother's presence today is what inspired me to create originally autoimmune tribe, which has evolved into the empowered empath and is just my way of sharing all the knowledge I've gained on my journey, not only in health and healing and chronic illness, but also in building a a wellness business, which I'm sure you can relate like creating this business is the greatest personal development journey that I've ever been on. So it's, oh, it's just 100%. such a
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> All yeah. your stuff comes up. It's like all comes to the surface and you're like, okay, I guess if, if I want to hit my goals, I better look at the stuff in the, in the eyes and the face and address it. So yeah, yeah that's a little bit of how I got oh here. Oh my
1: gosh. Well, first of all, whenever I hear stories and when they really touch me, I just get Filled with shivers. So I'm just like covered in goosebumps right now. What a powerful story. And yeah, your brother is definitely with you as you create your business for sure. So that's beautiful. Okay. So we have a lot of empaths listening to the podcast. And Mm -hmm. one of the most common questions that I get from women is how do I know if I'm an empath or not? And I'm assuming that if I get that question a lot, you must get it a ton. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So much that I just created a quiz for it. I can actually give you that to put in the show notes. Oh my notes, gosh, but, no way. But I mean, the, the essence of the, the quiz is is really just like some of the main characteristics, traits, signs that you may be an empath. But I also connect so i think of empath as one kind of category of our intuition as a whole and so we have all these clair senses and they're directly related and associated with our actual you know senses that we have touch smell taste seeing feeling and so the clair sentient is the empath and so i think we're all intuitive every single human being and yeah there's a quiz that i made for fun but i also think that we all have the potential to experience things through that lens of the empath or the clairsentient and some of the the main things that that i've personally experienced as an empath is feeling other people's whether it's physical pain or emotions because it can show up both ways and some people experience one like the emotions some people experience the physical sensations or sometimes we experience both. I I personally experience both pretty, pretty strongly. Um, But when you feel other people's stuff and and oftentimes the, the wounded empath takes it on as their own. And I think of the empowered empath as kind of, learning her own, his or her own energy well enough to know and decipher what is and what is not mine to carry. But that's a big telltale sign is when you walk into a room and everyone's, you know, sad, do you, do you feel the sadness? Or I mean, my empath abilities have been And very intense at times, which you can also turn it up and you can turn it down. So if it's too overwhelming, like you can turn the dial down on it. Uh, And it was a little too high for me at one point where I was like feeling like this, this exposed wire right to the world. And I, one time my brother had a fever, uh, uh, my other brother uh, who's still with us here. And I, I had a fever like I felt his fever. I literally got a fever and I was like, where the hell did this come from? And it was there for 20 minutes and it was gone for 20 minutes. It wasn't like I ended up getting sick or anything. It was just this weird little like moment of feeling into his physical pain and discomfort. And I mean, that's, that's definitely on the farther one end of the spectrum, but we can feel people's stuff. And that's not only in a physical room, you know, somebody you're sitting next to, or on a train with, or in the plane with, or something, but it can be across the country, especially with family members. We have pretty oftentimes like deeply rooted anchors or cords, attachments connected to them. Mm -hmm. And, um, it can be TV, right? So if you are, I always joke with people, I'm like, if you are the person who watches the Sarah McLaughlin like SPCA, like, you know, shelter animal infomercial on TV, which we don't even have cable anymore, but I still remember this infomercial because every time the Sarah McLaughlin song would come on and you see the puppies, like you felt that pain and that sadness within you. And so it can be really hard for empaths to watch the news, watch violent TV shows, watch other people in pain and not want to do something about it because they're experiencing it in their body and feeling it so deeply. So that's just a little bit of the empath. Again, I'm happy to share the quiz, but we we tend to be kind of when we don't have the right boundaries and protection, feeling like that exposed wire to the world where you're easily drained, easily exhausted. And then oftentimes have chronic illness or adrenal fatigue.
1: Oh yeah. And I can 110% relate. Like I was just hanging out with my mom a couple of hours ago and she slept terrible last night and I was with her and I just felt like I was tired <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to go right now. <laughs> like yeah. you need a nap. Um but yes, I definitely feel that. So I like how you said if we feel like our sensitivity to others is turned up too high. Mm-hmm. We have the power to turn that down. So what would that look like? If mm-hmm. someone's like, I am definitely a very sensitive empath right now, and it's a little too high right now. How can I yeah. go about that?
0: Okay, there's so many ways. The first most simple way is just to like Ask. So, we I think we forget, or maybe we've never been taught that we can talk to the universe and we can ask. And, and so, I will literally, like, if I'm restaurants can be hard for me, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, conversation, there's a lot of noises. That's another thing that's kind of a telltale sign is like loud noises or just like lots of chatter can feel really overwhelming or anxiety, anxiety inducing for you. And that's definitely something I feel. And so, sometimes in these restaurants, I'm like, okay, intuition or empath ability or clairsentient, whatever words you want to put to it, just okay, feeling like, okay, feels, can you turn down for me for a second? And I actually like imagine, or I physically will like go into a bathroom stall and imagine myself turning the, the volume down, like a, like a knob on the radio. And I'll be like, okay, Breathing into it, and I'll just turn that dial down and ask it to turn down. So that's like a very clear, simple way where you just declare it or ask it of the universe and of, of your own energy to like not let so much in so that doesn't affect you so deeply. But I also think if this is, if especially the, Kind of like new the person who's just understanding that they're an empath might not feel so confident in doing that quite yet and so i when i think of that person who's just kind of trying to get out of this wounded empath who does feel like oh my god i'm i'm just this exposed wire. i'm uber sensitive to everything around me to put some foundational practices in in place and that's things like meditation and i know not everyone like i love my meditation practice but Some people feel it it brushes up against their edge and it, it makes them uncomfortable. And so I just want to encourage anyone who feels like, oh, I'm not good at meditating or whatever, to give it a try and just start with two to three minutes. Because when you're in that place of stillness and it doesn't mean you're not thinking, like we still have thoughts, right? But when you're in this this slowing down and the stillness in your body, what that allows you to do is notice, just notice. How do I feel? Is it turned up too high? Am I holding my mom's exhaustion from seeing her earlier? Am I like still feeling that guy who honked at me in, in traffic this morning, like his irritation, stress, frustration that he projected towards me when he honked at me? And now do I feel irritated? Like wait a second, I woke up happy this morning. Like that's not my crap to carry. So what meditation allows you to do is, is just notice and and cleanse uh, away some of those things that weren't yours to, to begin with. And also to notice how do I feel in my body. And then I love to bring in lots of, of extra tools as well, like oils and saging yourself and visualizations, like building a bubble around you. Uh, You do oils, right? Yes. I I was
1: just going to say, I know you do oils and so do I. And there are some really powerful oils when it comes to like shielding yourself and putting those energetic barriers around yourself.
0: Yeah. What are your favorites? I'd love to hear.
1: (laughs) Well, I think Melaleuca is so powerful for like the energetic boundaries. It's honestly like you're in a bubble and people are just kind of staying away Mm -hmm. and on guard of course for protection for me personally I use a lot of frankincense it basically helps me for everything that is my oil. What, what are some of your favorites for? Uh, so I will, empaths.
0: yes, like ditto to everything you just said. Melaluca, tea tree is the oil of energetic boundaries, super yeah. powerful. And, um, I think I would add to that petagrain. So this is like, I feel like people, it's not like you go to the grocery store and buy petagrain, whereas like you see tea tree and like a bajillion products at the grocery store. Right. And so I think people are more familiar with it but petagrain is not intimidating. It's also known as the, the like masculine lavender yes. and it has a beautiful smell. I love it, but, I like pedigree because it is like the bulldozer of energetic cords and attachments. So I'll take pedigree and I'll put it and apply it to my solar plexus chakra, which is a, above your belly button, below your diaphragm. And I'll p- apply the pedigree. And it's like any sort of, if anyone's not familiar with energetic cords or attachments or hooks, those are all used intert- interchangeably, but you can kind of a visualize it, right? So it's like that guy who, you know potentially honked at you this morning and it's like he kind of took his like fishing rod and just like cast it right into your solar plexus your power your will your confidence and just like latched on right and that energy is now being held within your energetic makeup and blueprint. And when I apply Pettigrain to that part of the body, it's like scissors or a bulldozer for that hook where I'm just like, snip, snip, see you later, guy. Like, I don't need your crap around here anymore. And you're just like, letting it go and but the thing is it doesn't have to be somebody like stranger a stranger like that who just like has kind of projected something on you it could be it could be your partner it could be my fiance who I love the crap out of but like sometimes I just don't need to be carrying his stuff for sure (laughs) so that that's a really powerful oil for me uh and then for empaths this is less um for boundaries, but I think really just good for like empath health in general is balance. It's, you know, the grounding blend. Yeah. And just to what happens when that volume knob is, is turned really high up and our intuition and our sensitivity is like really overactive and we're feeling everything we're really in our upper chakras. We're really airy, kind of like detached from our physical body and more in our ethereal spiritual body. And so the balance brings us back into the physical, back into our feet, back onto the earth, onto the ground. Okay. I'm also a human, not just a spirit. And it just kind of brings us back to life. Yeah. I really like balance as well
1: for sure and Pettigrain is one of my all-time favorites mm-hmm. i want to share this with you just to see when you crave cuz all of us crave certain essential oils at certain times. And for me, it's so odd. But whenever it's like rainy or it's like a really gloomy gray day and it's about to rain, I crave pettigrain. It's so
0: weird. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think of it, too, as this like... Uh, I imagine it like energetically as like, just like this white light type of oil. That's it's just so like beautiful, really healing. And yeah, lift, like lifting you back up that lightness of once you do chop those cords, cut those cords, bulldoze them out. It's like, you can breathe deeper. You can take a full freaking breath. And, and like, that feels so good. And sometimes I want that on rainy days too.
1: <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. So I know you're very into like creating your own toolbox for energetic health, emotional health, that sort of thing. So we talked about essential oils, meditation, a lot of other tools, any other things that you would add to that toolbox?
0: Yeah, so many. So <laughs> Where many do I start? So uh Let me just give you a top top couple I'm loving right now. And so here's the thing too. I think that these tools that are kind of outside of ourself are, are are like bonus and they're super helpful and they're great to have. But I also believe that we have all the answers within us. Like we have so much wisdom and a lot of that is in the unconscious or subconscious mind, but we are only tapped into our consciousness, which is at like five to 10% of the programming versus that like 90 to 95% where there's so many answers, so much just wisdom and knowledge. So it's so there. And so what I like to do is especially bring in tools that help me tap into that 90%. And that's things like EFT or emotional freedom technique also known as tapping where you tap on the energy meridian endpoints of the body and sends a signal to the amygdala which is part of your brain almond shaped part of your brain and it determines it's, it's I think of it as like a like a unlike a what are those things called? Like a conveyor belt where it's like sorting, it's, it's like sorting things and it's either sorting something as like safe. Okay. You know, not a threat or threat safety, like fight, flight, freeze mode. And so we can turn that alarm off, uh, to like old phobias and fears or just negative unwanted emotions. By tapping on the energy meridian endpoints to signal to the amygdala, like, let's take a deep breath. And the cool thing about that, too, that sometimes rubs law of attraction um, lovers the the wrong way. And I mean, I'm also a law of attraction practitioner. It's just noticing and knowing the subtle, like, why we do it this way. So in EFT, you fully face the problem. And you're, you, you say, okay, this is how it feels in my body. And there's a lot of embodiment in it as well, where you're saying, you know, all of this anxiety, it really sucks right now. And I'm super frustrated about it. And I really just want to escape my body. This is so uncomfortable. And when we think of law of attraction, it's like, like attracts like, right? So it's like, oh, I don't want to say anything that I don't want to manifest into reality. But law of attraction, we also know doesn't, it's not an instantaneous thing where the second you say something that you don't want it then all of a sudden enters into your your reality into your world so like it's safe to also acknowledge the discomfort it's safe to be in the discomfort and like sit in it so that you can release it and then shift into more of that manifestation in your life of okay now now i know what i don't want here's what i do want but I love tapping for releasing old unwanted stuff. Um, What else? What other tools do I love? I'm also loving hypnosis right now. And it's just, it feels easy for me. So it's, it's like when you get out of your own way, And you stop trying to analyze and logically make sense of every freaking detail in life. And you just let yourself fall into like surrender to a hypnotic state, which is not what they show in the movies, right? Where someone's like clucking like a chicken and like has no control over the body because we still always maintain control and free will within our body and in our physical form. But it's, like this shortcut to the subconscious mind where now, if, especially if you're being you know, guided through a hypnosis by somebody, they can just talk to your, to your subconscious. And it's a really easy way to get out of your conscious thinking that can be holding you back or limiting in some way and go directly to the source. That's going to be the place where you also see the change, the, the actual rapid transformation and change in your body and your life. So I really am loving hypnosis and short story. So I uh, have a form of OCD, which is called dermatillomania, and it's a skin picking disorder. And so when I get anxious or something triggers me, I, I just pick and mostly it's at my chest. Some people pick at their fingernails or some people have a um, hair pulling, which has a was that called Trick, Trichotillomania, I believe, and they pull their hair out, and so that's it's a similar type of thing. Uh, especially when you feel like you're losing control of something, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to try to control something in my life by picking or pulling at my hair or whatever it is. Um, and hypnosis has been absolutely life changing for me in those OCD-like tendencies where I it was self-sabotaging. I would dig at myself when I felt like I couldn't control the things around me. And by talking to my subconscious mind, it was like, oh, I don't need to freak out. Oh, I am safe. Oh, I don't need to do that. And it's so freeing to experience that shift.
1: Wow. Those are two. two. That's (laughs) amazing. So Let's first talk a little bit more about the hypnosis. Are you working with someone and being led through like hypnosis type sessions?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I work with my mentor uh, for the hypnotherapy sessions and we just do them over the phone. So we'll kind of talk through some stuff using neuro-linguistic programming, uh, which is another style of coaching and working. And then based on whatever comes up there, she'll guide me through a hypnosis at the end of our call. And I just, I literally just like lay down on this floor behind me and I just like set my phone next to me and I just close my eyes and it's just really transformative and i love it so much that i've been like i said she's my mentor and so i flew out to la just this last month to become certified nlp coach timeline therapy practitioner and hypnotherapist because it is something that not only do i utilize but because it's been so transformational i want to help other people with it as well
1: for sure i know there's so many different things that we're introduced to and like Every year or like every weekend, I can't. I'm so into like learning all of these different things, and you can be certified in so many different so things, right? And it seems and like, like, like that, you do a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. the The like lifelong student and learner, like I just. I love, and sometimes I have to put like, I have to like remind myself to slow my roll and my like talking to myself, like Sarah, you don't need to do it all. Like just choose the things that you're really, really drawn to Mm -hmm. and noticing. And I mean, okay, full transparency as a woman who is running her own business as an entrepreneur, as an empath entrepreneur and coach in the beginning of my business, there was, seeking the certifications out of not feeling enough or yes. wanting to feel validated or needing you know some letters by my name or some crap and it's like i i notice and i realize those patterns in my life now where i i just before i jump in and make a choice whether i'm going to go to all of the different things that are available to us out there i'm like okay pause am I doing this out of a need to feel like I'm more valuable? Cause I feel like I'm not valuable for some reason, mm-hmm. or am I doing this out of like a pure intention of loving to be the student and just wanting to add to my own knowledge base for myself and as a coach and deciphering that in my life has been really helpful because like you said, there's so much out there available to us and, We can't do it all. No.
1: And okay, I am so happy you brought that up because I work with a lot of girls and even a lot of my friends. Like, I mean – I graduated as a holistic nutritionist back in 2014. So I've had my own business for a really long time. And over the past few years, it's like a lot of my friends have been in like that corporate world, right? And mm-hmm. then they decide, "Okay, that's not what I want to do anymore." They go to a similar type of holistic nutrition school, and then mm-hmm. they're just starting their own business. And now they are dealing with like what you're talking about, feeling, you know, OK, I have this certification or this degree, this schooling, but they always are feeling like they need something more. But yeah. it's like there's a difference between like doing it because you feel like you're not valuable enough as you are right now or Mm -hmm. simply doing it because you're like okay I am so interested Mm -hmm. in this subject matter and I want to
0: help other people just like
1: how you said with the hypnosis right yeah
0: yeah and uh, this is something that I am uber aware of in my life now. And I, one of the ways I also decipher is like, am I doing this out of like need AKA desperation? Or am I doing this out of, I want it's like excess and overflow. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. I can even feel it in my body where it's like, do I feel like I need to do this or, you know, else I'm not going to get clients or am I doing this because? it's 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 overflow, it's extra, it's a bonus, it's just I want, I want to do this, mm-hmm. not there. And if there's any trickle of need in there, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Let's just let's talk to that part and, and see what it has to say. And then maybe that's not the the best thing for me to invest in. Other times I just need to have a conversation with that part of myself. But it, it's very interesting and I definitely see this theme within the coaching industry where it's like, oh, I need to have more certifications when really you don't need any certain no. specific <laughs> certification at all so and we have like i also just want to remind anyone listening it's a good reminder for us too it's like you and your life experience and the journey that you have literally walked in itself is a huge attribute to have as a coach you know mm-hmm. i i have plenty of certifications that i will not list off but if I didn't have any of those and I just had this experience as Sarah small on this planet plus love past lifetime wisdom, right. But, of you know, traveling my, my path with chronic illness, multiple autoimmune diseases, losing a brother, experiencing grief, experiencing anxiety, like that in itself, having walked that path is so valuable and you only have to be one step ahead of the person you're coaching Mm -hmm. to help them massively. And so I just, Reminder to anyone listening that you have everything you need inside of you and that there's so many bonus trainings that you can do for fun and if you love to learn like I do, but you don't have to. You don't need to.
1: Yeah, and just to add on to what you're saying, when you're trying to decide like, okay, where is this rooted? Is it rooted in like I'm not – like I'm lacking something or is it actually coming from a place that really makes me – like want to learn like it's true being inspired and excited about something my mentor always recommends that we ask ourselves like does this make me feel expansive or restricted or like contracted and as soon as she recommended that to me I was like wow it's so obvious when we tune (laughs) into ourselves and we're like okay does this question or the situation like do I feel expansive in this moment or not and I feel like that's a pretty easy thing for people to identify whether they feel
0: expansive or not Mm -hmm. absolutely and then once you're aware of that like you can I think more confidently and clearly make the decisions that are going to support your growth and stepping into your next level self without accidentally, you know, self-sabotaging or staying in that place of lack or the limiting beliefs that we, you know, they're just old stories that aren't usually mostly not true that can sneak up on us. And so that's why I also love this emotional side of coaching and healing is let's, let's just go inside your brain a little bit and see like, what stories are you telling yourself? Are you saying that I'm not enough or I don't have enough uh, knowledge or enough? Um, I, maybe I'm just not enough as a human being. That's a really common one. And and, in all areas of your life, do you feel like you as yourself, as just you like are truly definitely enough? And these limiting beliefs start to, they're, they show up in our lives through our, our actions and our choices and our decisions, but they're not always obvious to us. And I think that's also why working with a coach can be so beneficial to help mirror back to you, reflect back to you. Well, this is kind of a pattern for you, right? And like, how about let's let's go in there to, re- to release some of these limiting beliefs so that you can, I think of it as kind of like that. Um, Uh, fishing rod i was describing earlier with a little hook that like latches onto you i think of our limiting beliefs as kind of these like little anchors with like little dumbbell weights (laughs) that are like keeping us feeling heavy and and stuck in life and it's like snip 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 what if we could just cut all these off and replace them also with positive affirmations and positive supportive beliefs so that you can go out and just be your best freaking self. Mm -hmm.
1: Actually, speaking of positive affirmations, that reminds me that I wanted to go back to what you were talking about in regards to EFT, because many of my guests have brought that up on the show before, but I love how you kind of pointed out the fact that you aren't saying like the opposite of what you're actually thinking. You are kind of saying like, the negative feelings or thoughts that you're holding on to so yeah that's really good to point that out actually mm-hmm. I'm really happy yeah
0: it's that's part of you know the the strategy behind EFT is that you bring it to the surface and you fully look at whether it's anxiety or lack of confidence or perfectionism. That's one that cropped back up for me in my life this past week. And I'm like, Oh, okay. See you. Perfect. Inner perfectionist, Sarah. (laughs) Like that doesn't feel very good. Let's, let's look at you, but it's, it's really bringing it to the surface so that it can be released and not just tapping on how you want to feel, but also like you can get there by the end of your tapping sequence and experience for sure. But the the point of saying how you actually feel is that signaling to the brain that it's okay for me to feel this way and i'm still safe mm. like and i still fully comp- and completely accept and love myself even yeah. though i do feel anxious right now and it's okay it's okay i feel anxious right now and yeah that's just my personal take on EFT and i think that's an important part then versus just shifting into what I want or what anyone wants through the tapping experience. It's like, we got to also look at the shadow, the shadow parts of ourselves that are not as easy to look at for sure, but very important to look at so that, and I, I do a lot of shadow work as well, where the shadow doesn't, is not permanently your shadow by looking at it, it becomes, and it becomes integrated into your wholeness, into your light so that you don't have to ever even look at it in that lens anymore. And now you can make friends with fear or make I'm making friends with my perfectionism this week and I changed the language around it where I saw the benefit that perfectionism has given me, but also a lot of negative things it's brought into my life. And I just changed the verbiage, the the wording around it to I I am a type three Enneagram, which is the- I was going to ask you. (laughs) I'm an achiever. I'm, a, I'm an achiever. I love to learn and I love to, to work hard. And, and not that I don't love play and that I can't take breaks, but I like to achieve. I like to walk in the direction of success. And so I I think of that as just excellence. So it's like, what if I just am a striver for excellence and release the yucky parts that came along with perfectionism and just allowed myself to strive for excellence. Like what's so bad about that? Right. As long as those perfectionism tendencies are not creeping in and, you know, self-sabotaging or causing paralysis or anxiety or a lot of things that used to. So I'm making friends with it. Okay. I, 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 I own this part of myself and, and I don't have to change it, but I do want to edit it so that, I don't, you know, put myself into burnout or I'm not so freaking hard on myself. And yeah, those shifts and making friends with the shadow parts of myself have been really transformational.
1: Yes, 100% and just speaking of shadow self and our shadow parts coming up, have you noticed that those shadowy parts of yourself coming up more during like this eclipse season because I sure oh of heck have <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. It like <laughs> maybe more than I want. Oh, it's been <laughs> very intense over here. <laughs> And I've been noticing, I don't know about you, and I'm also curious what your Enneagram type is, but I've been noticing that a lot of it's been manifesting in my home because we're also in um cancer season. It's like yeah. trying to, like there's the, per, the shadowy perfectionism. And then there's just like that control over like home environment. And again, just super aware and witnessing myself and in, in okay, how am I responding to this energy, this cosmic energy that we're experiencing, noticing it, not like <sighs> hating on myself for it, but instead being a witness to it mm-hmm. and making friends with it and not feeling like, oh, I, I'm not allowed to feel this way or I shouldn't be feeling this way. And instead opening the conversation up with it. It feels so much better.
1: It feels like that makes it just hearing you put it that way. It feels so much lighter. Just Mm -hmm. like listening to those words, that Mm -hmm. contrast, like you don't even have to really do anything. Just listen to what you just said about all this energy coming up for so many of us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it definitely does feel so much lighter when you Mm -hmm. just observe it versus getting really lost in
0: it. And that's good for the empaths too, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, you all listening, May and myself, because <laughs> I'm definitely feeling it, like during shifts like that or earthquakes in California or hailstorms in Colorado or, um, you know, wars, like just all these ex- these things that are happening around the world and the collective energy, whether it's cosmic or on earth, like you may feel that more intensely than other people like you it's not that you're gonna like necessarily get this ping in your mind that oh my god i like i just felt the earthquake in california or i just felt the you know war zone conflicts going on in the middle east but it's like you might feel it without knowing what it is and we don't always have a name for it but uh for I felt this like on, we were talking about this before we went live, this ungrounded feeling and it's like, okay, well, there was just two earthquakes in California and like that, the whole earth just shifted. So like, yeah, I probably am going to feel ungrounded and I might not have connected that, but like, again, it's the collective energy all around us that we're experiencing that we're also part of and our energy affects that as well. And that's, part of why I love to share my message through the empowered empath of, well, if we all empower ourselves and we start to work on ourselves, that also impacts the collective energy. And by working on ourselves, we're also healing the world.
1: Yeah. That is so beautiful. I love it so much. And honestly, Sarah, I could continue chatting with you forever. So you'll definitely have to come back on the show with me. I've loved this conversation, but I do have One more question for you that I ask all my guests, and that's, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable?
0: Wow. You know, I, oh, this is so interesting. So the first thing that intuitively is coming to me is the moment I did lose my brother and how, quote, broken I did feel in that moment. But what I learned and what I realized was that that seemingly breakdown was the pathway to break through. And I didn't actually break, right? Like it even though it felt heavy and hard and tumultuous, that feeling of chaos and trauma was didn't break me. Like I am unbreakable, right? Like it didn't actually break me. It was the through line, the pathway to my growth. So I think what it means to me is that even in the hardest of times, there's always a message, always a lesson that we're always being intuitively, divinely guided, and that we can choose to see it as I'm broken or, um, you know, life's never going to get better, or we can choose to see it for the wisdom that it's bringing us. And that's how I've chosen to see a lot of the, the things that have been, you know, labeled as challenges in my life. So that, yeah, that unbreakable nature.
1: Well, babe, you are doing amazing, beautiful work in our world. So keep doing all that you're doing I love watching you and I will have all of your links in our show notes but if anyone wants to hop on your website right now or on Instagram right now and start following you where can they find you
0: Yeah. I would love to chat and hang out and just hear what people took away from this episode. You can find me on Instagram at The Empowered Empath and my website is autoimmunetribe.com. Thank you so much for having me on the show today.
1: Thank you. Honestly, I could have talked to you forever.
0: Oh, so much fun.